Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Blog Talk Radio. It is Thursday, August 4th, the day before the start of the Summer Olympics in Rio. And that'll be the topic of our show today. Sid, do you have the Olympic fever or just a little bit of Zika? Oh, I, I think I'm still recovering from Fire Island last week, to be honest. So you have the Fire Island fever. I, I'm, Dan and I are already trying to map out how we can go back for Labor Day weekend. So it, I, I just, you know, I've talked about it many times. It's paradise. It's paradise. It's the, it's the gayest place on earth. It's just so wonderful and fun. I wish if I could spend the whole summer there, I I really would. Well, you're stuck in gritty <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, it's it's rough being us, isn't it? Uh, but the Olympics start tomorrow. I mean, it's it kind of has crept up on everybody, and we we talked about this off the air. But I think in, apparently NBC says that there's as much interest in these Olympics as there have been in the London Olympics, and they're predicting high ratings, mostly because, at least on the East Coast, everything's going to be li- pretty much everything's going to be live. It's an hour right. difference with Rio. On the West Coast, we're still going to have um, a tape delay of four hours, basically. Uh, so a lot of the stuff is going to be live. But in terms of the actual buzz, it's it simply isn't there this year, and I think one of the reasons was, at least in the U.S., the political conventions just, you know, you were gone for those two weeks, but that's kind of all that sucked up all the news coverage was the Republican convention and the Democratic convention, whereas in the past, the conventions happened after the Olympics, and so there was a two-week buildup to the games, and you're not, you just didn't see that same focus everywhere. Uh, in terms yeah. of the profiles of the athletes and the stuff that got you excited. And I think you also mentioned it really isn't the same kind of, um, uh, for want of a better word, storylines or something. You know, yeah. It's, yeah, well, it's, uh, I mean, Usain Bolt is kind of there, and I think week two, the will be watching to see if he can pull off a three-peat. But Michael Phelps, I mean, okay, well, he went, you know, medal number 23 and 24, but there's no, you know, there's no great – interest there I just just a, a lot of lack of yeah just storylines I'm sure you know some will some might surface you know I, I today I, I heard that um, that the Brazilian fans yesterday were using homophobic slurs in some of the soccer games and three of the countries Australia Canada and the United States that were the target of these chants have out lesbian or bisexual players so you know i i think we might have our first storyline of the olympics what are what are they going to do about this and then what is nbc going to do broadcasting these matches as homophobic slurs get thrown up in 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 stadium-wide chants so you know i we might have our first storyline uh the 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 Portuguese equivalent of puto, which is, I guess, bicha, or bicha, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, um, but it was being chanted. And, and, you know, it gets chanted when the goalie has um, has the ball, and the goalie for the Canadian team is a lesbian. 
she's out lesbian. So, you know, it's bad enough that the players from the United States and Australia who are out lesbians had to hear this stuff. But, but I mean, they were chanting it when the out lesbian Canadian goalie held the ball. I, it's, so it's, we were, you were hearing this on the, on the actual NBC broadcast? No, I've been. I, I, Kevin Baxter from the LA Times reached out to me this morning to ask me about it because he he's at the game or the U.S. game and he heard it, uh, and 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 then I did some searching and there were other reports um, that it was going on during the Australia Canada game, which has at least four out players in it. So at at least two of the games, there are reports by by reporters that yeah, these chants are being used in the women's soccer tournament. Well, there you go. I mean, already something is is brewing. Um, I watched a little of the game yesterday. I, I mean, I didn't wasn't focusing on that. So um, there's so little people in attendance that anybody chanting that actually probably would stand out because there's like nobody in the stands. Oh, really? And who cares about women's soccer in Brazil, basically? And the men's soccer game today, there's nobody in the stands. This is you know Iraq versus Denmark and. So the, it, it was not, at least once I saw it, it was not a packed house. Um, Olympic hmm. soccer isn't considered the same caliber. I mean, for the women, it, it, it is more than the men uh, than, you know, say the World Cup or something. So I'm curious sure. if, if it's being chanted in some ways, it might reverberate louder because there's no other counter cheers going on. Um, well, I suppose you get 100 people to do it, and you're going to hear it in an empty stadium. And I, what I'm curious about is that if this is, and I put quotes around the word tradition as it is, um, in a Mexican, a lot, you know, for Mexican fans chanting, chanting Pudo during a goalie free kick, or is this specifically targeted towards, not that, I, not that it matters to me, I'm curious, is this targeted towards because they know the goalie is a lesbian, or they literally they chant this no matter who the goalie is every time there's a free kick, well, I male know or female? That, it, right, so um, one of the reports said that the New Zealand goalie, who is we we have no idea if she's LGBT or not, um, they were chanting it when she was was holding it, uh, and I think also in Hope Solo they were chanting Zika uh, because of yeah. you know what she said about the Zika virus. But I guess um, Kevin said they I think they were they were chanting it when she had the ball as well. So they're they're not uh, they're they're doing it when 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 anybody when any goalie holds it, but. Yeah, I frankly I don't care. Like, for me, they're targeting LGBT athletes, and they're they know they should know that they're on the field and using that. I mean, you you can't. I don't think you can. I think you can kind of try to dismiss it, and not that you are trying to dismiss it, but I don't think you can dismiss. No, but it I want to know though is this punt. is this a new thing in Brazil, or is this are they picking up what the Mexican fans are doing? It's just become the thing now to chant this disgusting slur. Because I've only heard it in relation to we've only heard it in relation to Mexico before. Is this now a Brazil thing, or has this been a Brazil thing for years? I don't know. I'm but just it's curious. Not just Mexico. FIFA has fined several countries for their fans doing I this. Think all three of them. them. Yeah. Yeah. All of them Latin American. All of them Spanish-speaking countries. So you know, I saw one thing that said this is the first time this has happened. I, I can't remember. It was like at a at an Olympic host country or something like that. I'll have to do a little bit. I'll have to read the reports again. Um, but somebody did reference to how unique this is. I don't know if this is unique to Brazil fans or just the Olympics. But, I, I, I mean, here's the other thing. Is that if they chant this stuff, 
an NBC broadcast, ESPN refused to mute the, mute the volume when, when they chanted these slurs at the World Cup a couple years ago. Is NBC really going to broadcast these chants? Well, the next women's soccer games are on Saturday, so we both should tape it and, and watch and, and listen to see, uh, you know, what we're what we're listening for, basically, because this is kind of news, obviously, to me, and you know, news to you too, in a sense. And I, I had not heard any of this yet, but um, that's a good question. I think we had to watch the broadcast on Sunday or on Saturday, and then, and you know, the men, everyone plays all the all the women play the third, the sixth, and the ninth. So yeah. And the U.S. game's definitely going to be on TV. I'm certain the other ones are. They're trying to fill a lot of uh, broadcast time. So, yeah, and this is bedeviling, but, but you know, a big, big thing in men's soccer, and we've written about it numerous times, and nothing seems to change. Uh, and I'm curious to see if NBC will do anything about muting it or how how noticeable it is if you're, you know, it might be noticeable to Kevin Baxter in the stands, is it noticeable to anybody watching it on TV? I said, when yeah. I turned it on, there was nobody in the stands, so it sounded like it was the dullest sporting event ever. So, really weird. Well, again, it's, it's bad enough to do it during the men's games when nobody's out. It's bad enough. But then when you actually use these chants, when you either know or should know that a number of players are, are for sure lesbians are bisexual like you know that you should know that they are they have said they are publicly to do it then is I, I, <laughs> it's just a big middle finger to 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 fifa to the ioc to the players to the other fans and and the question how how are they going to handle this uh, you know i kevin asked me and my response to him was they need to clear the stadium I mean, it, 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 the, 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 if the fines, the message of the fines to the teams aren't working, clear the stadium. Teams have played before empty stadiums before. Then they'll get. Yeah, it wouldn't be too hard based on what I've out. seen so far. Right, <laughs> like the, lead the 18 people. I mean, it could. It'll probably get more crowded as it goes, but at least the first two days, it's like nobody's in the stands, and there are 10 uh, female soccer players who are who are out, either gay or bi. Um, uh, most uh, Australia, one New Zealand, Canada, U.S., and Sweden, and we know many other more because we we keep hearing there's a lot more that are actually out. Um, so speaking of out, uh, a big coming out yesterday that kind of snuck up on everybody was Elena Deladon of the Chicago Sky, the MVP of the WNBA last season. Some people consider her maybe the best basketball player in the world on the women's side, um, you know, arguably with Brittany Griner, the number two draft choice behind Griner, um, came out um, in Vogue magazine. I have not been able to determine if she used the word gay or not. I wrote to a couple reporters down there. I haven't heard back yet. But she, is a, she has a fiancé, and they're, they're, they're going to get married, obviously. And it was one paragraph in Vogue magazine, so this was her official coming out publicly. And um, as I said, it kind of snuck up. Vogue didn't publicize it, which is really bizarre. They had a great story. And I got a tip from a reporter who wanted my re- you know, reaction to it. And the first reaction was, when did this happen? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, and then wrote a story, which then wound up kind of becoming, I think everyone picked up on it. Uh, our story was sort of, the, I guess, the driver in this because other people saw it. And then she was asked about it down in 
Rio yesterday, and she said, yeah, I'm not hiding anything more. It's, I've been out forever in my mind, um, but I didn't want to. I want she, uh, My fiancé, she said, wanted to be, wants to be private, doesn't want to have a public relationship, but on the other hand, I didn't want to hide her and make it sound in this profile that, you know, I was single or something or I was ashamed of her. So um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a cool way, you know, it would be the ideal way to do it in a sense if, if it was a, you know, this would be the future from now where it simply becomes part of a profile, you know, as opposed to the lead. Uh, but it was a, it was a big deal because she is a, she's a big deal. And an ESPN writer, when Brittany Griner came out, basically said in a sense, not, not disparagingly, but you know, Brittany Griner, people assume she was a lesbian, the way she dressed and all this stuff. But if Elena Della Don came out, well, that, you know, it was like, uh, well, either she knew something we didn't know, or she was making an example, but Elena came out and, uh, so the women's basketball team now has four um, four out players. Well, and I'm going to actually do a video about this later today because the, the reaction by some of these mainstream sports fans, I'm so tired of hearing, oh, big shocker, a women's basketball player is a lesbian, or oh, this, is, this isn't, oh, water's wet. Like, okay, yeah. A lot of women's basketball players at the elite level are lesbians or bisexual, but that doesn't it doesn't diminish the struggle they go through to get here. It doesn't diminish the importance of them coming out publicly. Uh, it, it it's still news, and particularly when it's the biggest name in sports to come out in years. I I, I you know maybe you have to go back to Jason Collins to somebody who you know enough of the public knew of before they came out to to find somebody close, but this is a this is a big name. She's the she's one of the best players in the league. And the kicker for me is to do this days before your first match at at the Olympics is a big big deal. It's a you're just taking a real leap. You know, we talk about the distra- being distracted. Well, do I just I'm interrupt team. interrupt that for a second? I thought, but um it actually wasn't time that way. She had no idea when the magazine was coming out. She said she did the interview several months ago, and it literally, oh. to Vogue's credit, the Vogue's credit, they dropped it, you know, this week. Um, so in a sense, if it had been out a month earlier, it would have been a month earlier. But right. it was kind of okay, interesting, well, but, but still, your point's well taken. Even even a month out is in the middle of the WNBA season and, and, and leading up to the Olympics. So this idea that coming out is going to, not to be a distraction to your teammates, but even to you that it's going to undermine your ability to perform. She's just like, screw it. Like, I don't, I, sure, right, write about it in the middle of the season, write about it in the middle of the Olympics. I don't care. She, you know, talking about it yesterday and in, in, from Rio or, or today, whenever it was. I just think, that, I think all of it's great. And the fact that people are trying to diminish or belittle it is just, it makes me crazy. Yeah, I haven't seen as much of that as I thought I would. I think people, I've heard a lot, I've seen a lot of men saying, oh, God, my wife just married a woman, you know, jokingly. <laughs> she was going to be my right. wife. Didn't she not know we were engaged? You know, because they think she's so beautiful. So I found at least the men I saw seemed to have more of a sort of a fun reaction to it. But it is interesting, though, it still is not on the level as if, if, if a backup point guard for the Orlando Magic came out. It's still that you know it's it still didn't yeah. get to me the kind of attention it deserved given how phenomenally talented she is. And I wrote in my story that imagine if the first two picks of an NBA draft 
were were either you know gay or bisexual, <laughs> imagine that people's head would explode. Right. Right. And here that's what you had with Brittany and Elena. And while her story has clearly gotten attention, it hasn't gotten the level of attention it would have gotten if it was a man because of all the stereotypes and double standards that go on with women in sports, that this should be a bigger story than it is. It was not on the front page of the New York Times sports section, which it should have been. Um, really? Do you think so? I mean, I, because it's, I mean, thinking about this as, as a journalist, um, you know, if you look at the NBA players, we have one active player who's ever come out. Right now, there are, what, a dozen, two dozen in the WNBA who are, who are publicly out and a couple of coaches. I mean, yes, she's arguably the best player in the league, but that's been done before by Cheryl Swoops and Brittany Griner. I mean, there's just I, – I think this should be celebrated and we should be talking about it, but – Demanding it be on the front page of the New York Times, I just don't. It's not. Well, the sports. It's, ju- it's not news. It's just. It's. It's just. Well, it wasn't even in the, the sports section. Period. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's something to talk about. But I just. It's. It's. You know. Uh, uh, I don't think it deserves a ho hums. Oh, water's wet because it's still a struggle. But I just think that you know, demanding that the rest of the media, you know, throw this on the cover of things. I, I just. I, I have trouble going that far. Well, I wouldn't be a demand. I think as, as new, the Chicago Tribune played it on their cover because she played for the Chicago Sky. I thought Chicago, the New York Times yeah. should at least acknowledge it, and I didn't even see anything on, in the sports section at all. So to me, there's the idea of being on the front page versus not even being in the section at all. I mean, it, it is still news. It's still newsworthy that there still aren't as many WNBA players as you know as there should be, given how many people say mm. are you know openly out in some way in the WNBA, but it still shows that this is still a, it's still a struggle because even Elena did it in a way that, you know, she managed it. Obviously she knew this was going to be in vogue. She allowed this to be in vogue. She, you know, it wasn't like the Vogue reporter snuck up on her and dropped it in. So um, (laughs) even for women, it is still something they struggle with. And look at how many times we're trying to get female basketball coaches to go on the record and they just don't. So, um, it, it, regardless, it's it's a good thing, and she is a very prominent athlete, and she is now out and uh, going to be kind of out, hopefully for you know the entire time she's playing, and you know, let's hope she has nice long marriage with Amanda and their and their dogs. Um, well, and and, and now to have sorry, just it's kind of like the the broader perspective now. Forty-four out LGBTI athletes. Yeah, forty-four of them. That's, you know, that's kind of a lot, Jim. I mean, we know there are a lot more out there, but I, I don't think we expected that number to get over forty this year. I mean, it's almost double what it was in 2012, and I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm excited and happy about that. It's, I, I think it's. I think it does show that we that the sports world is is progressing and and pretty quickly. I mean, double what we had in 2012, ten or men. Which you know, I mean, there was one openly gay male in 20 in 2008, just just two Olympics ago. So I, I you know, I, I think this is great. Hopefully, we'll have even maybe we'll get to 50 by the time the games are over. Well, we started our list was published July 11th. We had 27 names, and we're talking about actually. Let's be specific. We have. Um, lesbian, 
gay, bisexual, intersex. We have no transgender athletes, even though our headlines is LGBTI. We have uh, two intersex athletes, um, two women, and we have 31 women who are either lesbian or bi, and we have 11 gay men. Uh, they've all declared they're gay. Um, am I missing an orientation? I say lesbian or bi. Uh, is there, <laughs> we, because, we don't like know Elena, the bi. Like we we know, we said, know. I first said Elena was gay, and then I looked up and said, oh, she never said the word gay, and I haven't been able to track that down, so I changed the same-sex relationship. Anyway, so... But anyway, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, you know, it's a record number of obviously everybody, but it's a record number of men also. Yeah, well, it's just a record number. And, and, and I mean, you look, I think it's a record number of Americans. I mean, that's, I mean there's an increasing number uh, across the board. I mean, there's, I have to believe there's a record number of sports represented, um, a record number of countries. Well, I don't know about a record number of countries because, you know, I mean, you're looking at Great Britain's got like seven. The United States has six six or seven. Canada has a bunch. I mean, it really is the Netherlands. You could probably take five countries, and that's probably half of half of the people who are out, and there are two over 200 countries. I mean, I don't think we have any out Africans this time around. We did last time. We had one South African. Do we have anyone who's out from Asia, or are these all from, you know, Oceania and... Uh, what's that? Uh, none from uh, None from Asia... Oh, we do None, have a South uh, one, African. One South African. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, oh, there's, actually, there's a cup I forgot about, Castro Semenya. I don't know how I forgot about Castro Semenya. But, I mean, really, you could probably take five or six countries, and that's more than half of the, half of the people. So it really is, you know, it would be interesting to look at, like, does this one coming out in the country, like we've talked about the domino effect, does it make it easier you know, that, that that the United States already had several out. Did that make it easier for Elena to do that? I mean, it's just interesting that Great Britain's got, I mean, what are it, three, four? They have almost they have almost ten. I mean that's a lot that's a lot for one country. Except the one the one exception is, and I wrote something about this this week and did a video, there are no openly gay American men. Or bi American men. And we have only had three total in our history, uh, two equestrian athletes, including Robert Dover and Patrick Jeffrey, diving in 1996 before Outsports started. And I, I sort of did a video where I basically said, I don't really know exactly why there are no Americans, because in other ways America is ahead of the rest of the world on LGBT issues in sports. And we've had more people come out, obviously, in the college level, which isn't a big, I don't know, a big college system overseas. But I'd like to hear your theory. Is there a, is there a reason, or is it simply... That's just the way it is. You know, when I when I can't think of a good answer, I, I come back to money. I think money is the answer to a lot of questions when you're trying to figure out people's motivations. And certainly in the United States, whether it's your agent or sponsor, you know, that the fear of losing some money, particularly for a lot of these you know, mostly amateur athletes who are on the fringe. I mean, they're they're not living in mansions. They're living with a few roommates in a flat somewhere in Denver, right? So, you know, I I think that's that 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 fear of losing money has to be for a lot of these men a big deal. Um, I, I I mean, that's that that's what I come back to is the money. But isn't that the case of other countries too? Not not every. Uh, not other countries no. really have everyone supported by the government, and we have the you know the U.S.O.C. has been very 
at least in their policies and stuff and embracing. And we did have Josh Dixon, uh, you know, attempt the Olympics a couple years ago. We had Matt Yano uh, in, in marathon this year. That, so we have had some people. I'd, I just don't really have an actual good reason. I mean, you could be right about that, but and maybe it's just quirky luck of the draw because we know there are gay well, Americans. I mean, he, I mean, he swims for Tonga, but he lives in the United States. He's mm-hmm. he, he he's American, so uh, you know he went to Texas A and M, and so well, he actually I, has Tonga New Zealand citizenship. So I don't think he technically is an American citizen. Okay, but he lives in the United States. <laughs> he can he can he can he can swim for whoever he wants. He lives in the United States, so well, he can't swim um, in the U.S. I don't think unless he's a citizen. I understand, but he lives in the United States. <laughs> Correct, <laughs> and he has for for years. So I. I mean that that's that's again my best guess. A lot of the a lot of these other countries support their Olympic athletes uh, better financially than than we do here in the United States. So so they have you know guaranteed guaranteed income, and uh, and a lot of these guys don't. So that again that that's the, that's the that's the best that's my best guess. I mean if you look at the American women who have come out, they're essentially all soccer and basketball earning livings in soccer or basketball. So they have, they are getting paid by a team to play. Not many, you know, men's gymnasts and men's swimmers are, are making a boatload. Well, not the women are making a boatload of money, but even making a living wage. So I think I, that, that, the that's money what that I We keep back. saying that sponsors aren't going to drop people. So what's, what's oh. the fear, though? The fear that what? They won't get sponsorship or... Yeah, that they they have a sponsor that they'll lose. I mean, of of course, you and I both believe that that they would they have the potential to if they're good enough, um, you know, to to get more endorsement deals. So, but you know, again, it's that it's just the fear. I mean, what you know, what I have is fine. I'm getting by. If I lose this, uh, I'm in big trouble. So you know, it's like I posted on Facebook yesterday this random phone call I got from. Uh, a, a, a minister who's of older age, who's gay, who's married, and he's like, I, I, I'll, I could lose everything. I could lose my pension. I could lose my health care. I could lose my house. I can't come out. So that's, that's, I have. I, well, I, sure, I, and I, I accept. I accept some of that. I don't accept it for everybody, especially if you're a track athlete. And given how pro LGBT Nike is, you think they would embrace an openly gay Olympian and make them a centerpiece of an ad campaign or something. So, yeah, okay, you could be very Nike, well right, and I guess I'm talking to the... But to be Nike clear, Nike has not... Nike, Nike, I mean, Chris Mosier is a transgender uh, triathlete and duathlete who was at the World Championship this year and will be next year. Nike, and he's tried to get Nike to sponsor him, and they haven't. So uh, we love Nike, but, you know, they... I, they they have endorsement deals with certain athletes, but as Brittany Griner and Jason Collins, who are big enough names, I, you know, I don't, they, they don't have a deal with Gus Kenworthy. They, even though, I, I, you know, I think he's tried to make that overture. So Nike's great, but they're not endorsing middle of the road LGBT athletes. They're not. Well, and again, the assumption that, that you're saying some athletes are making they're going to lose already existing endorsements, I don't believe that for a right. second because I think the outcry would be enormous. Neither do but, I. Um, as we wrap up, though, we, we're going to be following all the – we're calling it Team LGBTI. We're leaving the T in even though there's technically no T because it's cumbersome the other way and at a certain point, whatever. Uh, but um, – 
44 athletes make it, what do you say, the 63rd largest Olympic contingent? So, yeah, yeah, 60 or 61st, whatever it is. It would be, be about the size of, I think it was, Mongolia. <laughs> and we are going to keep a running tally of this as, as it goes along, uh, for gold, all the metal things. Um, I'm excited about Robbie Manson. He's, he's an openly gay man. He's a rower. He's in the skulls. He has a a decent metal shot. It's a very, very competitive field he's in. Um, and they start on Saturday. So he's one of the, he's one of the, he had a great story for this week on how, how much more happy he is now that he's out at this Olympics versus being closeted at the last Olympics, um, which is a perfect example uh, of what can happen. But we're going to be following it all and including, uh, on a fun note, all the hot athletes, male and female, Sid picked his hottest athlete, a uh, rugby player from Australia, Ed Jenkins. So you go go take a look at Ed if you want to see some male beauty. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, I'll take me some Ed. <laughs> well, that's all the Ed and other stuff we have time for. We will uh, be talking to you all during the Olympics. <laughs>